Welcome back to the Sports Beat KC Podcast. This is Jesse Newell, KU Beat reporter for the Kansas City Star. We have a special edition this week. On the phone with me is going to be Kenny Gregory, former KU basketball player under Roy Williams in the late 90s and early 2000s. We're going to talk about uh, some Roy Williams memories, some expectations at KU, what he's doing now, and then his return to Lawrence this week for the Rock Chalk Round Ball Classic. So I uh, hope you enjoy this interview with Kenny Gregory coming up right now. Excited to have a special guest on here, Kenny Gregory, former KU basketball player. Kenny, how you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Doing great, doing great, and I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Uh, first off, before we get started, you're coming back for the Rock Chalk Roundball Classic here in Lawrence on Thursday, uh, you know, one of the charity events that Brian Haney runs. Just what made your decision to come back here to Lawrence and be a part of this this year? Um, for one, it's always, it's a, always good to... I haven't been back very many times. It's good to, you know, step foot back in Lawrence, my old stomping ground. But more importantly, just anything that's, you know, for a good cause, you know, to raise awareness, you know, anything for the kids to come out and, you know, raise money for, you know, their 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 ailments. So definitely a good opportunity to, to come and give back. You know, as as former athletes, you know, you always look for opportunities to light up someone's day and, and try to give back whenever you can. So if it's for a good cause, you know, it's always worth it. I said, did Brian contact you, and uh, come, what was his selling pitch to you to get you back to Lawrence? Um, it wasn't really a pitch. He just, you know, I talked to him, and he explained, uh, you know, what what was going on and what the cause was for. And, you know, from there, I was I was, I was pretty much sold. It didn't really take much, you know, pulling much, very many teeth. You know, it was kind of an easy decision to make, you know, once once uh, he gave me the offer. And uh, I, I looked forward to it, and, you know, it was, it was an easy sale, real easy sale. Yeah, for those that don't know, at Free State High School on Thursday this week, uh, $10 per ticket, a bunch of former KU athletes are coming back, around 45 I think it is, and uh, you know, $10 a ticket helps out uh, three different people with pediatric cancer and trying to help out money for a good cause. So Kenny's going to be back for that, but I, I do have to ask you, Kenny, when was the last time you were in Lawrence? Um, I came back uh, 2014. Okay. Um, around February 2014, I came to a home game first. I think it was Texas, I believe. Uh, I think that was, that was the last time I've been back. And prior to that, probably had been since I finished. <laughs> so so, so it, it's been a pretty long time since I've been back. Great. What What are you up to now? Just give us an update. What's What's going on in your life for right now? Um, well, I, I stopped playing ball in Europe probably about four years ago. Um, since then, I've been doing a little coaching around here. Um, me and uh, my best friend around here, we've been coaching uh, some eighth grade bat middle school teams the last, you know, three or four years. Um, that's been like the main thing I've been doing in the process of uh, trying to start like a mentorship uh, program. I just see like so, so much, you know, in the basketball realm. There's a lot of AAU and training and things like that. But I feel like there's no one or not very many people teaching the kids about the other aspects as far as like the academic side and you know what really goes on at the you know the major college level I mean you only play basketball a couple hours a day so you need to really know what what's next and and try to be prepared for it so I'm just trying to be a former player that actually lived it that can you know give the the up-and-coming kids a heads up and trying to gather up some guys so former players that we can give you know vital information on just the experience and what it is and what to expect you know, because I didn't have anyone that experienced it before my time playing in college to tell me what was going to happen. I just kind of learned on the fly. So I think it will be beneficial for us to give back, not the basketball aspect, because it's everyone's trying to do that, being trainers and things like that. But just 
to give you know guys you know, you know some 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 values on what's going to be next uh, at the next level. Great. And is that back in the Columbus area then? Yes, yes, yes. That'll be back here in the Columbus area. I would like to you know uh, potentially grow it, do some guest speaking at different places because I feel like I have a, a somewhat of an expertise in this from playing on the major college level and playing internationally for 10 or 11 years. So I feel like I can give the kids some heads up and provide information that is factual opposed to someone giving them information that, you know, they're kind of guessing what's next for the kids. You weren't exactly known as a as a huge talker while you were at Kansas. So is this kind of an interesting thing now that you want to go in maybe and, and talk to people and be a speaker, that sort of thing? <laughs> um, I guess it is a little, a little different than when <laughs> I was at KU. Uh, I think I, I kind of, after a while, I kind of grew out of that. I was known as the quiet, shy guy that, you know, kind of kept to himself. But I'm a lot more outspoken now. I think, you know, definitely playing internationally, you have, definitely have to get comfortable with getting out of your comfort zone, you know, adapting to food, cultures, uh, language barriers, and things like that. So in that aspect, you know, playing internationally, it, it was beneficial for not just, you know, on the court, but also, you know, on my personality off the court. Yeah, again, we're talking with Kenny Gregory, former KU basketball player. Can you take me through the international experience? Uh, what was it like for you? And I know you played quite a few years over there. What was what was that whole experience like? For me, it was good. Um, I can say that it's probably not for everyone mm-hmm. because, like, I was I was just telling my dad yesterday when we were talking about it. I was saying, you only play basketball two hours a day. You know, what are you going to do the other twenty two hours? So you have to be pretty open minded as far as. Uh, like I just said a second ago, trying different foods, you know, culture, custom lifestyle, different things that, you know, that will take you out of your comfort zone that are just different from, from being in America. So for me, it was a great experience because I just looked at it as what I was really there for. And for me to extend my basketball career, that was the most important thing for me. So any, any adjustments I have to make outside of that, I felt like they were worth it. You know, I was reading some of these draft measurements you had. You know, there's a big deal with the uh, the NBA Combine, the draft Combine. Now they measure hand size and basically everything out there. And, and still, <laughs> and still looking at some of your numbers. You know, the 40 inch uh, vertical leap with no, I guess with no help, just kind of a standing vertical leap. And then I think 45 and a half inches from the uh, the running vertical leap. I mean, uh, just take me back to the draft Combine when you were there and, and kind of those numbers that you put up. And and did you expect at that point that you'd get an NBA shot? Um, at that time, I guess as far as like, you know, the testing and everything, I didn't really think much of it. I just said, I hope I, I do my best today and, and, and look to and impress some people with my athletic ability. And somehow that number, the, the numbers still stand this day, which I'm very surprised about. But yeah. you know, going through the draft, going through the draft process and the pre-draft and all those things, I felt I had an opportunity. Um, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm very honest with myself and I know I had some definitely some flaws and, and things that I probably could have paid more attention to or probably needed to work on at that time. But I felt like, you know, with my athletic ability and, you know, I feel like I was a pretty hard worker. I, I deserved the opportunity. But, you know, sometimes you just don't get what you want. You just have to, you know, kind of move on from there. But the draft process was good. I felt I played well, but I guess in the right people's eyes, I didn't play well enough. And, and you know, you, you live and learn from that and just move on. Yeah, let's go back to your KU days. Obviously, a lot of people uh, listening to this podcast are very interested in that. And, you know, I know you talked a lot about expectations that you had at KU, you know, coming in with, uh, you know, McDonald's All-American and the dunk contest and all those sorts of things. I mean, was that always something that, that you kind of felt like you did have high expectations from the moment you'd stepped on campus in Lawrence? Uh, 
Yes, I mean, I, I think um, before I arrived on campus, I didn't expect it, but once I did arrive on campus, you can you can kind of feel it, mm-hmm. and you know, initially, you know, you feel the expectations. You know, at the time I was so young and I guess kind of naive, just you just don't really put too much stock into, you know, what being a McDonald's All American or McDonald's All American Game MVP, how that changes, you know, the view of you as a player. And I think, you know, looking back on it it kind of backfired on what I was trying to do because I left Columbus to get away from expectations. So that's why I didn't stay and go to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you and I end up going to a, a big school like campus where just not knowing that the expectations there are always high, you know, whether it's the team aspect or individual aspect. So I really ran into what I was trying to get away from. I just wanted to go and be a part of the team and learn for a year or two and then, you know, learn the ropes and then step into the spotlight. But, you know, you know, once you're a McDonald's All-American and you're perceived as pretty athletic, um, I think the expectation level will go a lot higher. And you know, I think maybe just at a young age, I wasn't totally prepared for that. But, you know, this is part of the process and you just have to, you know, look back on it and, and try to enjoy the good times. Yeah, when you're when we're talking expectations here, what what – did you go through I guess what what are some of the things that that when you arrive at Kansas as a freshman that that happened that re- make you realize oh yeah like you said this is this is kind of high expectations no matter what every every year this year in Kansas um I think after a while you know when you get there I, I one of the first things that dawned on me is that like as far as athletically we were we're the only thing in the state you know mm-hmm. there's there other there's no other professional teams to, as a distraction it's kind of like KU people are born into being KU fans and you realize that once you get there that you know KU basketball is the focal point and you know you don't you're not like in Ohio where we have the Cavs and the Indians and the Reds and it's like a distraction so the attention is, is spread out and then you just realize that you're at a, you're, you're on a different level it's not playing at like a smaller school like 20 wins isn't going to cut it uh-huh. <laughs> you know you, you start to learn that you start to learn that pretty fast. And, you know, as a, as a young kid, you start to feel that pressure at times. Not that you came to it, but you know it's there. What was your recruitment like to KU? Um, it was, it was, it was, it was good. Uh, I think KU started recruiting me maybe, uh, towards the end of my junior year. I remember Coach Neil Doherty used to, uh, always show up to my game somehow, no matter where I was playing at. He would show show up to my games, and you know I added those added KU as far as my list of what schools I wanted to go visit. And you know, once I made it to late night, it was I think KU was my last visit. And once I made it to late night, it was just over. I knew immediately. I made a call home to my AAU coach um, that evening, and like, coach, I know where I want to go after experiencing late night. So it was it was a pretty easy decision once I got on campus. Any memories that you still have of late night? What do you remember about it? Just the skits, that was kind of odd to me. And it was just different, you know. It was mm-hmm. like, you typically you watch, you know, late night, you know, with other schools, and it's like they just have scrimmage, a little impromptu dunk contest. But I felt like, you know, with KU, they put like a little spin, a little twist on it. So just so everybody could get a sight of, you know, the players outside of basketball, like doing something outside of their comfort zone, dancing and, you know, just having fun and just showing their personality as opposed to, the two hours everybody gets to see, you know, in game time. Again, we're talking with Kenny Gregory, former KU basketball player. Uh, 
can you describe to me? Obviously, we've heard a lot about it, and and uh, I, I've kind of went back and watched your senior speech where you thanked Roy Williams. But what was your relationship like with Roy uh, once you got to campus? The relationship with Coach was fine. It was fine, you know, while I was there. You know, during my four years there, I don't really recall uh, too many times where uh, me and Coach Williams had very many issues. Of course, there's a player-coach relationship, and you're going to have good times and bad times. But uh, during my four years there, you know, you know, things were fine. I I heard in your senior speech it was funny. You said that uh, all freshmen have to go to church every week. Is that was that one of the rules he had early on? That seems kind of crazy in today's day and age. Oh, that that probably wouldn't work these days. <laughs> but I think that would probably cause a little uproar. But I, I if I recall correctly, uh, during that time, uh, for the first couple months, if I remember right, uh, the freshmen would you know have to go to church with Coach Williams and his wife and. You know, the perk for us being so young was his wife would cook breakfast for us okay. <laughs> after church. So, so that was that was like that was the way you know you could get bribe us into getting up on a Sunday morning when we probably would really rather sleep in. But his wife would cook pancakes and bacon and sausage and things like that. So that was a nice experience. Uh, so he made you go with him to his service, actually. So all the freshmen would gather and and go with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't have to go every week. It wasn't like. <laughs> It wasn't like when you were growing up, your mom would just, your parents would make you go to church. But, you know, every couple of weeks, you know, he'll throw a hand out there and, you know, you know, one or two of the freshmen would have to go. Maybe not all, but one or two guys will have to, you know, suck it up and go that week. And so then uh, you said that the breakfast were good afterwards, though. Wanda was a good cook? Yes, yes, yes. She was a very good cook. I remember those breakfasts very well, very well. I, I, in the speech that I just watched, you know, you, you talked about how – Coach Williams was always really tough on you and how he was kind of pushing you. Do you remember instances back in your playing days where he was, you know, really trying to get the most out of you? Um, yeah, I mean, I learned a long time ago, even before I arrived at KU, that, you know, as long as the coaches are on you and yelling at you, that means they still care. So mm-hmm. as a player, you have to always look at that as a good sign. I tell that to the young kids I coach now, you know, once – I stop yelling. That means I've kind of may have possibly given up on you, not as a person, but as a player. So, you know, for me, the yelling and the motivation, those are good things for me. That that, that kind of stuff never bothered me. And I know as a coach, you know, you can't coach every player the same. But, uh, you know, just the, the pushing and pushing, I always had in the back of my mind. That means he, he cared and expected more out of it. I, I – Back in your day, right before uh, you left there, was the first Roy Williams I'm staying decision, and he had the uh, offer from North Carolina, obviously went to North Carolina, and decided to come back to Kansas. And uh, you and Nick both, I think, talked to him right before he left for North Carolina for his visit. Do you remember that visit with Roy and, and kind of talking with him before he was about to go to North Carolina and decide whether he was going to KU or not, or going to stay at KU or not? I, I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember me and Nick uh, at some point. I don't know if we talked to him individually or together, but I do remember talking to him. And, you know, the only thing I said to him, because I was going into my senior year, you mm-hmm. know, you definitely don't want to play for a new coach your last year. But, I mean, I I thought I was a little older and a little more mature, and I felt like I, I couldn't be selfish, you know. If someone offered me my dream job, then I would expect the people around me to accept me taking it. So it would have been disappointing if he would have left, especially it being, you know, going into my last year. But 
I mean, he got offered his dream job, and him turning it down at that time was actually surprising. And if he would have took it, I definitely would have understood. Do you remember what advice you gave him, or did you meet with him in his office, or, or what happened uh, with that old we, situation? Uh, we met we met in his office, and uh, he was just telling us that he was in the middle of kind of like what he really wanted to do. And uh, I just said, it's your dream job, and I mean, go for it. It's like, you know, you're from North Carolina, you coached there before, and it, I understand your position as well as ours. So, like, you know, if, if you feel that you need to go for it, um, then go for it. And I was, I was happy that he didn't. And, uh, just a few short years later, um, he capitalized on the opportunity again and came back around. So he was, I think he was kind of lucky that, you know, his, his dream job came along, come twice. Kenny, I wanted to ask you too. Uh, obviously, you were there with teammates and you know guys like Billy Thomas, Bryant Nash, Eric Chenoweth. What when I, when I'm asking you about your college days, are there any immediate memories with teammates that immediately come to your mind that you think of when you think back to your college days? Um, I think more of the camaraderie type thing, mm-hmm. just the the the, the bus rides. And- you know, the locker room time or the downtime where you're in the locker room. I remember every day before practice, we would watch Jerry Springer. <laughs> <laughs> we were we would, right before we got on the practice floor, we were watching Jerry Springer. That's like some of the things I remember, but more so just like the relationships you build with the guys because you just spend so much time together. I mean, at, at certain points you get on each other's nerves, but you know, they, the guys, a lot of the guys on the team end up turning and basically, to like family because you spend so much time together. So more of the camaraderie things and just the jokes and, you know, just, just the traveling and, you know, just working hard to try to, you know, reach a common goal. Who uh, who were you closest with when you were at KU? Um, When I was there, I was pretty close with, of course, uh, Drew Gooding because we were roommates for two years. Okay. Um, it's pretty close with uh, Nick Bradford, Terry Nooner. Um, Nick Collison, we were pretty close when I was in school as well. So, you know, I, I got along with everybody. You know, at some point, you always have special moments with the majority of the players on the team, even though every, there's so many of us. But, you know, I, I pretty much got along with everybody. Just a few of those are just a few of the guys that I probably spent the most time with off the court. Any funny Drew Gooden stories? He seems like quite a character. What, what, was, what, was, <laughs> what was crazy about living with him? <laughs> For uh, let's think. Anything I can say on the air? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Drew was just—he was just energetic. He was just energetic at all times. I think you know him arriving on campus. He was so young. He was so young. I was a junior at the time, and he was like a kid that had just turned seventeen. So he was just real young, real energetic, always wanting to bounce around and. You know, by that time, it's going into my third year. I was more into just relax a little bit more, but he was just so energetic and, you know, excited for the moment. And the best thing about him was that he was very confident. You know, I think that really helped him on the court, you know, as his years at KU went on that, you know, you know, his confidence never wavered from day one. He had the same level of confidence. And I think over the years, once he became an All-American, Two years later, you know that was probably the thing that, that, that took him over the edge. So Drew, Drew's a good guy, and it was pretty pretty entertaining living with him for two years. 
I can only imagine. I would think so. Uh, <laughs> the kind of character and personality he's shown. Uh, you know, I asked you about your, your best memories. Was there a toughest time for you at KU? Can you remember a time that was uh, particularly tough for you? Um, I think early on, I think because I had some back issues like my freshman year, and uh, those kind of lingered, you know, throughout my career. But I think that was, that's one of the, the period, one of the moments, or one of the things that occurred that you, know, you kind of really have no control over. And, you know, you have some some back problems, and you know, once your back goes, that's that's one of the you know the worst injuries you can have. And, you know, you still have to go out there and perform and play and practice every day. But I think that was. When initially that was one of my lowest periods as far as uh you know the injuries that you know you could still play but it's still a lingering injury and some of the other down periods was just just our team's not living up to expectations um, I think you know during my period there you know we had a great year my first year and then we had a really good year my last year but those two years in between my sophomore and junior years I just felt like something never clicked as far as the team goes and you know, like I said earlier, with expectations of being, you know, a KU basketball player and the team having high expectations of every year with, you know, being the focal point in the entire state, we just didn't live up to expectations for whatever reason my sophomore and junior year, you know. Typically in the other school, you get 23 wins, 25 wins, you know, you're having a successful season. But at KU, that just doesn't cut it if you're not, if you're not you know, winning conference championships or, you know, competing for conference championships. So I think those two years in the middle of my career, as far as the team goes, us not living up to expectations, you know, pretty tough to deal with. Yeah, those expectations too, uh, you know, you talked about being back maybe a couple times uh, since you graduated back in, you know, 2014 and then maybe once before that. Uh, did that play a part in, in not coming back to Lawrence, maybe feeling that, that there was left expectations out there or that it, that wasn't something that you felt like uh, turned out as well as you wanted to? No, it, it, it wasn't that. Uh, I think initially, you know, you just kind of – you live that life for four years and you just kind of want to get away with it. And it was yeah. like I think every summer, every summer I would say, I'm going to go back and then it get postponed another summer. The next thing you know – it's 10 years later. So it was never for me that I was looking back, like um, holding a grudge or, or anything like that, that the, that the, you know, all four years didn't go as perfect as you may have wanted it to. But, you know, I think life just happens, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of times as an athlete, you know, KU was a big period of my life. And then, but, you know, it's like people, that's what they associate you with. And, you know, you try to want to get away from it at times to be, to be known for more than that. And after a while, you know, me traveling the world, playing overseas, um, traveling in the summer was probably the last thing I wanted to do after being gone nine or ten months out of the year. I, want, I have to ask you about this because obviously you were known <laughs> – another thing at KU was the free throws and the, some of the struggles you went through there. But I was looking at your international numbers. They looked better. So uh, were you able to, to finally figure that out when you were able to go overseas? Um, not as well as I wanted to, but I feel like I got <laughs> – I feel like I got slightly better, you know, enough to where they could leave me in the games the whole game. You know, I, I think I think I think I think I improved in that area. Um, dra- you know, not drastically, but I improved on it. You know, during my professional days, and, that, and that's just something that uh, I think for me was more of a, of a mental block because it's, it's so weird. I was a seventy-five, eighty percent shooter in high school, and something happened. Once I arrived at OKU's campus, and it was some type of mental block, and uh, 
was never able to shake it while I was there, but I think I improved on it, you know, a little bit, you know, during my playing career. And I, I think that was one of the things that, that enabled me to play internationally for 10 or 11 years, being able to you know, shoot the ball a little better than I did at KU and, you know, things like that. You said as a mental block, what, it, what do you think it was or what was going on when you were shooting them? I, I have no idea. I really wish I knew. <laughs> I really would. I really wish I knew. I have no idea. I think maybe just being on the stage of, you know, big time college basketball and I think maybe I missed a few early and then just had some type of mental block. Um, you know, it was definitely was a struggle at times. You, you know, you try not to let it con- consume you, but it is, you know, it's not that I didn't work on it. You know, I think if I was a guy that, was lazy and didn't work on it, that would be one thing. But I think I was a guy that really put in some time and tried to improve on it. But for whatever reason, it, it never clicked. And were you, what were you overseas, like 60s or 70s, somewhere in there? Uh, uh, usually 65, 65 to 70s, yeah. like 65, 70s, okay. 65, 70s in that area. Do you remember uh, playing Ohio State, uh, especially the game at Allen Fieldhouse? Were, were those exciting games for you to kind of take on your, your hometown team? That that was really exciting. Um, that was a big deal. That was one of the cool things about playing at KU is, you know, they could get you a game playing against your hometown team at some point throughout your career. They would try to make that happen. So playing against, you know, the hometown team, Ohio State, and really playing against guys that I grew up with, against guys that I grew up with here in Columbus. One of my high school teammates was on the team at that time. Uh, another high school rival of mine, I was playing against him. So, that was that was a very cool experience, you know, to play Ohio State. You know, I actually played them twice, so to compete against them in Allen Fieldhouse and here in Columbus the following year. A couple of years after you left, uh, it seemed like K. You went to a little bit more of an up tempo style that might have been uh, a little bit catered more to your game. Did you kind of notice that after you left, and maybe wish that you got to play in a little bit more free flowing style with the athleticism that you had? Oh, definitely, definitely. I that was one of the probably the first things I noticed. Uh, a year or two after I left, I was like, man, they're playing a lot faster. Uh, they're shooting jumpers in transition and things like that. So that lo- it looks really fun. Uh, I think we always talked about playing a more of a, a tempo style during my four years at KU, but for whatever reason, it never happened. But, you know, I was happy for those guys. And I think the, them changing their tempo and their style, not just because they had, you know, a lot of talented players, but I think that was part of the reason why they ended up making back-to-back Final Fours after all that. Great. A couple of quick fire ones for you, Kenny. We'll get you out of here. I, I wonder just how do you look back at your KU career now that you're uh, a few years out? Actually, more than a few years out, I guess. Almost f- <laughs> 15 years out. I, I, gosh, time goes so quickly. It really does. What's the question again? Yeah, how, how do you look back at your KU career now? What do you, What do you think of or how do you look back at it? Um, I, I think I'll take away from it. I, I felt like it was a great experience, you know, um, regardless of as far as like if the teams or me individually didn't always accomplish, you know, what we wanted to. I, I think being so far removed from it now, um, I look back on it and, you know, I, I look at some of the things I was able to co- accomplish as an individual um, as far as scoring a certain amount of points and, you know, just con- trying to be a contributor um, on the high major, high major level. And, uh, I think one of the biggest things that opened my eyes to, cause I was gone for so long coming back in 2014 and watching the game in the field house, you know, it, it was a proud moment for me because you're so far removed from it, but 
but being back in town, it, it helped me realize that, you know, I was actually part of this. I was part of something big and, you know, it's a, it's an honor actually to, to, to be a part of something like that because there aren't very many schools like KU, especially in the basketball world. And just to sit there and see like the reactions from the crowd and the cheering and supporting the team, just to think, uh, I was a part of this and, you know, it's an honor to, to have lived that, that, that life for four years. Great. I, I heard you talking in your senior speech about how you and Jeff Boshi, uh, kept joking with each other you got you guys didn't want to go to practice uh was that was that often said between you guys saying hey let's rather watch jerry springer and not go out there and uh, go through roy drills again oh man I, I think me and jeff we had lockers right next to each other i think we probably had that conversation a million times i don't think it was that we didn't want to practice because we know you know you have to practice you know to improve and get better but I think, you know, people on the outside, they really only see the two hours on TV and they don't know the other things that, you know, us athletes have to go through on a day-to-day basis. Not that you want anyone to feel sorry for us, but, you know, it's just practice and training and, you know, you have a full schedule all day and just just like any other job, some days, you know, you just don't want to play basketball. You know, you're just like any other job, like someone doesn't want to go to work today. He's like, I don't want to play basketball every day. So I think that was more like the type of thing that we were going through at times. What's what's toughest about a Roy Williams practice? You just never know how much you're going to run at the end. <laughs> I think I think that affects the whole actual two hours of practice because you're like, depending on how practice goes and possibly what kind of mood he's in, you never really know how much you're going to run after practice. And there's probably a guarantee – there's going to be some running, but some days are worse than others. Any favorite practice story that you have from your time at Kansas? Any memories stick out immediately? Um, I think probably the biggest thing, or not the biggest thing, but one of the things that stick out is every year we would have a conditioning test at the end of the preseason, and you had to run like 12 very long sprints, and they were always timed. And uh, until you pass your conditioning test, you weren't actually a part of the team. So mm-hmm. if you didn't pass it, you have to come back the next day and do it again. If you didn't pass it that day, you have to come back the day after that and do it again. You have to run like 12.33s or something like that. They were all timed. And looking back on it, you know, I feel like we must have been brainwashed at such a young age because I look back on it, I don't know how I did all that run <laughs> at those different times. I, I look back after I finished, I was like, how did I put my body through that? You know, you just guess you're just young and naive and excited and happy to be there. And, you know, you'll do anything the coach says. And it's just like so much running and, you know, all the, all the conditioning things like that. So that, that definitely sticks out to me. And finally, before I let you go, Kenny, what, what are you most looking forward to about returning to Lawrence? Um, I just want to, I just want to get in town. I just want to, you know, fill the city a little bit. Um, most important thing is coming back for the, the, you know, the charity event, you know, is definitely for a good cause. It's always positive, you know, to give back on, on any level that you can give back. So give the kids to have an outlet for, you know, any issues that their them and their families are having. But, you know, for me on a personal level, I'm just excited to get back to KU. I haven't been back very many times. I think this will be maybe my second or third time back in 15 years. So, It'll be nice to see some some guys, uh, Eric Chenoweth, Billy Thomas, I believe, is supposed to be out there. It'd just, just be nice to see some guys that I probably haven't seen or talked to in years. So it'll be good to get back and 
to, to be a part of, you know, be a part of, you know, the KU family for once, once again. All right, and again, yeah, the Rock Chalk Round Ball Classic, June 16th, which is Thursday at Free State High School. There should be tickets available at the gate, and uh, over 40 former KU athletes, coaches uh, from all over coming, and including Kenny Gregory coming back. But, Kenny, really appreciate your time. Thanks for talking to us. All right, thank you. CJ Moore will be back again with me next week. Again, follow his work. Go to Bleacher Report or follow him on Twitter at CJ Moore BR. I'm Jesse Newell. Follow my work at KansasCity.com and on Twitter at Jesse Newell. Thanks again for checking out the podcast, and we'll talk to you guys again 